to entertain you, we'll sing your songs. Hey there, are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Since we started this podcast, you've spoken of the Rooney episode. Yeah. I didn't anticipate we'd get to the Rooney episode so quickly, but here we are. I'm going to be honest. I didn't think it was this one. <laughs> I didn't think it was this episode. The third wheel didn't LA. imply that it was a Rooney episode? <laughs> no, I thought, I thought the Rooney episode was the L.A., but I think that the L.A. is now a different it's a whole thing. We, I will be pleasantly surprised when we finally get to the LA. But yes, we are now at the Rooney Sode. <laughs> I literally wrote in all caps in the middle of my notes. Oh wait, <laughs> it's the Rooney episode. Yes. As soon as they mentioned it, I was like, "Oh crap, <laughs> this is not what I thought it was." So we start off this episode. It's actually a pretty interesting cold open, right? Because it's, I think it's entirely dialogue free. Yeah. But it's, it's Saturday morning by the eels blasting. And you've got Haley in the foreground and the rest of the Coens and Ryan are doing their shit in the background. And it's like, they can't find food. They're all miserable. And then suddenly the volume flips because She's got her headphones on, and that's the song that she's listening to. So that's what you're seeing it from the perspective of. Mm-hmm. And then it flips to how the Coens are seeing it, which is just this obnoxious person sitting on their couch with music blasting so loud that they can hear it outside of the headphones. Yeah. And then do 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 do. Just like looking, it's like looking on. I guess <laughs> Haley frustrates me so much. <laughs> Because, like, girl, this is your family. 
I mean, I get it. You have your own issues and you're there to get you're there to get money. <laughs> you know, you're there to leech off your dad and all that stuff and you're you're the baby. Um again, I will never understand what that's like cuz I am not the baby and I don't think you are, right, Matt? Oh, I'm the oldest. So I'm I'm the person who has to come in and deal with everything. Oh, your brother never did that. <laughs> but yeah. I'm also I'm I'm both the combination of your brother never did that. But I'm also the guinea pig of every punishment. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> I was the only child that had soap in his mouth, not because I said something so terrible compared to comparatively to the other kids. But when my mom saw how upset having soap in my mouth made me, she said she couldn't bear to do it to anybody else ever again. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> so, thank you so glad thank you for my uh, trauma mother <laughs> i but you know what like Haley, i have such a mixed feeling about Haley because i agree with you like she's kind of leeching off of shit she's there to basically just take her dad's money but like number one she's straight spitting facts you know what i mean like when yeah when they're like hanging out in the kitchen and she's just like man this kid certainly seems to conveniently never have a girlfriend around when he's hanging out with your girlfriend mm -hmm. like like she's yeah. like just <laughs> she's just calling shit as it is and i mean i know it's later in the episode i actually found her like hey let's just reminisce about being kids like indoor golden girls marathon date while playing board mm -hmm. games to be kind of a cute little date all things considered yeah, it's it's reminds me of like a date I went on recently where all we did was like watch Trader, <laughs> the yeah. Traders on on Peacock. And I was like, this is actually quite perfect. Yeah, no, I look, I am all about I was texting someone about this where it's like a good relationship or a good date or whatever, like. It has to have both. It can't all be mm -hmm. fancy dinners and big events. Like you, you also have to be comfortable just like fucking chilling inside, binge watching a TV show, looking gross yeah. in pajamas. You know yeah. what I mean? And like to me, that's my preferred place anyway. Yeah. So I kind of like to get. I mean, don't take this dating advice, everyone, because this is a sixteen years single person. But like, <laughs> I try to get to the like hang out low-key environment watching television date like as quickly as possible just because that's kind of like to me that's that's cute that's that's the fun yeah. date to me i think like it's if you are see because like i i'm curious I, i'm gonna speak from the eye so <laughs> i'm gonna speak for myself i'm a person where i am plenty content doing exactly that right i'm plenty content having delicious snacks and various food items you know and watching curating like a day of movies tv and such and such and yes. i one of the things that like where my ex was not <laughs> he was not that person like he was definitely yeah. not somebody he would like he would have like a minor freak out if he like sat for too long, like he needed to be up and moving. And see, and I like, yeah. I I haven't done this in a very long time, mm -hmm. right? But probably in my twenties, this is a very Seth Cohen move, honestly. But in my twenties, like if I liked a person mm -hmm. and I found out that they hadn't seen like a movie or a TV show that I was a huge fan of, I would write it down and I'd be like, okay. Mm -hmm. 
we'll make it a point. Like next time they're hanging out, I'll be like, hey, do you want to watch one of these these movies and or TV shows that you that you haven't seen? But I also would write down when they would talk about a movie or TV show that they really liked that I hadn't seen. Mm -hmm. I would I would write that down, too. And if they were coming over, be like, hey, do you want to bring over like one of these movies that you mentioned? Because I've never seen it. It'd be cool to watch. Like I I enjoyed. But you and I have talked about this. Yeah. I enjoy the act of sharing those experiences together, which I think I said this on the Christmaca episode. Like that's the fatal flaw of the Seth Cohen package Mm -hmm. is like you're saying here, these are five things that are important to me. Enjoy Mm -hmm. them alone. Yeah. And it's, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's not, that's not the move. That's not the vibe. As the kids say. No, not at all. Um, Sandy. I mean, I will never speak ill of Sandy. But but Sandy okay. is kind of a uh, short tempered a little Hold bit in on. this episode. I need to note this time. <laughs> you don't know what's coming, so you know the the oh, thing no. I love about a soap opera is that at any point, everyone, someone can be the villain. Oh no, I refuse! I refuse to accept that they could ever make me dislike Daddy Cohen. Um, but yeah, like I think that he. There's a scene where he kind of like embarrasses Haley in front of Jimmy Cooper during their date that I was just like, oh, Sandy, that's a little uncalled for. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's a million other times you could have had this conversation and this is not yeah, the time. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, not only are you like insulting your sister-in-law, but you are cock blocking your best friend. <laughs> yeah, basically. They both need this. Yeah, um, let them have but, it. <laughs> but I do want to. So. So the episode starts off with that cold open, mm-hmm. and then we're in the pool house. Seth comes running in. He's looking for Marissa, mm-hmm. and his his joke is, "Well, we got Haley hogging up the space in mm-hmm. the house. Marissa's always here. There's no place that's for Seth Cohen anymore." Um, and he's look, man. I need to talk to you about some dating advice or whatever. Uh, well, first Ryan says, well, we can talk right now. No one's running. He goes, cool. You're squeezing me in right for school. But anyway, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, we're going to take things to the next level. And Ryan goes, oh, you're going to have sex. He goes, no, but that's a great idea. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that was a good one. That was a good line. Um, but yeah, he's basically like Anna and I are official. We're going to tell tell Summer. Summer. Um, and I like that Seth has picked Anna. And I like that this episode makes references to the rage blackouts yeah. a couple times. Um, so, you know, he says, like, I got to figure out a way to tell Summer before her rage blackout leads to her killing me. And then it comes up again where he's like, I can't do it right here. This is where she this is the worst place for her to have a rage blackout. <laughs> like, like, I love that that is similar to Captain Oates, which was another thing that I thought for sure was going to be a one time only throwaway joke. This is just a reoccurring line now, yeah. and uh, I like it. Let me ask you this, and this is like a two-parter. Okay. Because I think that it's more egregious in the next episode. How do you feel Summer is handling this Anna-Seth information? Because I think it is the worst way she could possibly go about this situation. I mean, yeah, it's... <laughs> It is the worst way, which like the resolution, well, not the resolution, but like the the reveal of them comes towards the end of this episode, right? Yeah. And like, I thought... But it feels like she already knows. You know what I mean? Like the second that she sees them in line at Rooney, it feels like she's... 
getting a vibe at least because she walks up to them and is like hey i'm the only single person here can i hang out with you guys you know what i mean like like there are like little subtle hints where i almost feel like like she it's not written in the script this way this is matt kelly's own like placing something on it but it almost at a certain point feels like stop treating me like i'm an idiot and just tell me what you guys are because i've already kind of figured it out well i see i don't read it that way i read it like she is uh, being insecure because Anna does have more in common with Seth. They are more, um, they are more kindred spirits than um, uh, see. Like the, what's interesting about the dynamic of either Anna or um, Summer is that Anna is more like Seth and like attracts like, but Summer is so opposite. <laughs> that the it's opposites like attract. opposites attract. So it's either, it can be either one. And I think that for me, I read it as like, maybe there's a little, maybe it's the beginning of a vibe and that's what makes it, um, that's what makes it more believable at the, like at the end when she's just kind of like, lets it be. I'll tell you the part that would bother me the most would be that if I was Summer, literally as far as we're concerned as viewers, the last interaction Summer and Anna had together was the fuck Seth Cohen. We're starting this year anew. Yeah. Anna leaves middle of New Year's Eve party. Suddenly Anna and Seth are a couple. I feel like part if I was in Summer's shoes, I'd be like, what the fuck was that get over Seth Cohen together bullshit that you were feeding me a week ago then? Well, she, (laughs) I I thought it was really cute. The line about like, you know, Rose would never do that to Blanche, but Blanche would definitely do that to Rose. Yeah. And I thought I was like, man, they love throwing the golden girls references around in this episode that I know Did they only know four episodes though. Cause they had brought up the adopted pig (laughs) storyline twice. I was like, we get it. It's a through line, (laughs) but like, (laughs) But also, I feel like the OC has real clunky ass runners and through lines, though. <laughs> like, I mean, like, also, just like it, what I love about it, right, is that, like, it's also even the through line is dated because, like, yes. Lifetime doesn't show, like, it doesn't show Golden Girls anymore. They, sh- um, it's like on fucking uh, Hallmark Channel or Logo now. Um, so even then, it's just like, wow, it's such a through line. Um, it's such a dated through line, but what it is fucked up right like so it is fucked up but at the same time though like to your point about kind of like being subtle and getting a vibe like that was definitely something that i saw in the countdown where like you know anna is very much not having a good time summer can kind of see that also because she's forcing herself to talk force summer is forcing summer to like talk to this guy while Anna's just kind of like content to just be on her own. Well, supposedly content to be on her own. So I'm like, yeah, don't. Yeah. Even though you made that pact, like all bets are off when it comes to the new year, right? Like (laughs) all bets are off when it comes to the countdown and, and that like TV movie thing, right. Of like, who's gonna, who you're going to kiss at the, at the final, um, in the final, uh, the dumbest trope. Yeah. I still stand by it. The dumbest trope in, in television and film history. Yeah. Um, I got to say it here, though. A, per, a character that I've had mixed feelings on from day one. Mm-hmm. 
Luke is the king of this episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Luke just steals the show in every single scene. We get we get the Seth Cohen. Luke is a gay dad. Luke is a gay dad. <laughs> like, Luke is a gay dad. like that Luke is little, a gay dad. like him playing the video games, him <laughs> playing guitar backstage. It's just like it's so, he's such an out of his element nerd. And then, of course, as you guys have already hinted to in previous episodes, but yeah, him just awkwardly singing along to the Rooney song. And then Seth goes, you know who this is? He goes, yeah, Rooney! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and it's so good. It's so good. And you like the way that Chris Carmack, who plays uh, Luke, the way he delivers every time he says, yeah, Rooney, you're not quite sure if he realizes if he understands that it's not one person, right? <laughs> like he could be saying Rooney thinking like the main guy. That's, I mean, that's he straight Rooney. up asked which one's Rooney. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like until he, until that point, it's like just the subtleness of like, it's, it's like when you ask people, is Bonnie Vare like a person or a band? <laughs> and the answer is like, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, um, I do want to give a shout out just when I, I call it, I caught a couple more posters in Seth's room mm-hmm. uh, this time around. Of course, Ben Folds. He's got a big-ass Ben Folds live poster up mm-hmm. on his wall. Awesome. But the one that that I was like, that is such a perfect set dressing and such an obscure band to put on that wall is that he has a giant, he has a pretty large Adam and his package poster on his wall. Do you have any clue who Adam and his package is? No idea. most of the world wouldn't he was a philly guy who somehow got booked playing like nothing but punk rock and indie shows sure but it was literally just a casio keyboard and a microphone and he would just play the pre-programmed beats in the casio keyboard and just sing songs about like science and literature because like he was studying to be a science teacher. So like he literally has song titles like uh, I am downright amazed at what I can destroy with a hammer or like one song's just called like, why won't the United States just start using the metric system? Like everybody else, like it is the nerdiest dorkiest <laughs> songs. Um, but I want to pull up, just because you know, we're t- I've actually gotten to meet him a couple times. I interviewed him on a on a podcast many many years ago. There's a particular song title of his that, uh, in the recent years, has <laughs> has uh, come up as being like, dude, this is how ahead of the time this dude was. So in 2000, he put out an album that was called, or he put out a song called if you're the owner of the Washington Redskins, then you're a cock change the name. (laughs) 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 So so he was just like this angry punk kid who couldn't really play any instruments. So it was just him and his Casio keyboard, but it's, the exact type of music that I imagined Seth Cohen actually listening to at the exact same time. This is just like further, <laughs> this is just further um, um, reinforcing the, how like Seth Cohen you are, your yeah. life is, <laughs> which like, I mean, let's, let's be real though, Matt, like that bodes well for you. 
because yeah. it's you know he's he's crushing puss. <laughs> yeah, and he's in the and he's in the new Shazam movie. Yes, um, he is looking just, great in the new Shazam movie. He really is. Uh, I'm just checking real quick. I wanted to see how many times I wrote "fucking Oliver" in my notes. It looks like four <laughs> times. Four times, "fucking Oliver" showed up. Um, I did want to. This is going to sound like a humble brag, but it's truly not. Okay. Tell I've me. been backstage at concerts a couple times. It is never like how it's depicted on this show. <laughs> like, like maybe like the hotel, I guess, after the fact, but I have been backstage at a show and it is nine times out of ten a really fucking unkept up <laughs> room yeah. with a couch. Mm-hmm. Not even enough for every band member to sit somewhere. A couch and maybe like a case of water and a bag of chips. Like it's yeah. like they're like walking around. There's just like groupies back there and a, an acoustic guitar for the grabbing for anybody to pick just, up and just start playing just songs. hanging out. Just yeah. you know, <laughs> I was you're. I was like this. It doesn't look like the green room from Green Room, and so I know this is fake. Yeah. <laughs> The green room from green room is way closer to any green room I have ever been in in my life. Um, I love that there is this moment where, like, we all know that we can't trust Oliver, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, even He's up got to this dyed point. Black, dyed jet black hair. You cannot yeah. trust him. <laughs> when I realized that that was the star of Phantom of the Multiplex <laughs> or Megaplex, I was like, Wait, no. <laughs> no. I fucking love you so much. This is <laughs> this is gonna be the TikTok poll. Um, I fucking love you so much. I've been I have been waiting for you. I, I have not brought it up because I've yeah. been waiting for you to be like pulling Wait at that second. like looking at him and be like, how the hell? <laughs> Who the hell yeah. is this? It's he's side note. That's my personal pick for best uh, decom. I love Phantom of the Mega. That is an incorrect opinion, but okay. Um. <laughs> I mean, it is an incorrect opinion unless you're Matt Kelly, who gets like emotionally moved by films and, and TV shows about the, how beautiful cinema is. So, like, all you need to do is have a speech about how great cinema is, and I'm going to be like, number one, best thing they've ever made. Mickey Rooney uh, singing yeah. "Hooray for Hollywood." Yeah, like perfect. <laughs> And then, I mean, obviously, then the real better picks are right below it with like Brink and Smart House. Like those are yeah. objectively the correct options. <laughs> but I feel like I, I, I just <laughs> so what I was going to say, though, is like we know from the second he's talking. Mm-hmm. We said this in the episode, mm-hmm. but like from the literal second that he is talking to a person outside of the therapist's door Mm -hmm. you're like this person's up to no good yeah (laughs) (laughs) like like that's just psychotic behavior like period do you know what's the number one thing i don't want to do when i'm waiting for my therapist is talk to any patient that is seeing my therapist (laughs) like like keep me away from it but it's almost like whoever was making the show was like i don't know if we've driven home that he's not a great dude so out of nowhere the tone of this episode just suddenly changes where they're backstage, everyone's having a good time, and then it just has this weird, like, 20-second phone call scene where he's trying to score the coke. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, 
where did this fucking even come from? <laughs> like, it yeah. is so out of left field. Um, and then, of course, somehow he's already ordering from a cop, which, like, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not here to dispel <laughs> things, but it's like he's is he buying this on Jump Street? Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's like it's because here's the thing. Here's what my thought process is. One of two things have to be true. Mm-hmm. Thing number one, he has not been clean for a very long time mm-hmm. and has been secretly using coke pretty much the entire time we've known him. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that makes sense for him to get arrested right now. Because yeah. if this is his first time relapse, he's going to be calling someone he knows. Yeah. Already. Yes. Like... So unless he just happened to call someone on the most unluckiest day to have a relapse where that particular person has just gotten caught by the police and has like worked out a deal where they can use his next connection. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like I'm just like, it's just like, I can't, who else could he be calling? Mm-hmm. Like he's at a concert and he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to do Coke again. Let me just, call the cocaine delivery like directory and find a dealer to bring it to the show like no you would call like a person who you know would have some yeah (laughs) and how would that person suddenly be an undercover cop like it just doesn't make sense i mean (laughs) matt i've never bought coke so i don't really know how those things go (laughs) and i don't know what to tell you i just assumed (laughs) you know i've seen 54 (laughs) (laughs) i know what happens in those clubs don't lie to me see he's like i watched the i watched the the halston miniseries yeah Yeah, because it's like also like oliver like what's frustrating for me about oliver is like oliver is just messy like (laughs) oliver is just like like dude if you're gonna like if you have this like master plan to like drive a wedge between marissa and ryan like you just need to do it better like i'm really disappointed do it less obvious yeah like i honestly the only person who truly looks bad in this situation is marissa being this dumb to everything thank you (laughs) there said it truth right there Like, like it's like this is the most obvious plan employee i've ever seen like it's yeah. It's so frustrating. But they've done um, a good job. The- they've done a good job up till now, right, of, like, making Marissa's whole situation be so messy. Like, making Marissa be like, okay, she, like, was, uh, she overdosed in Mexico. And she's got, like, we're trying to make it so that way she has to do this program. That the only kind of real conflict between them right now has to be between them and their relationship. And so right now it's It's, like Oliver and Marissa doesn't know her sobriety is very tenuous. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's, so this is the thing. And, and obviously I have also never done Coke. I've never done a goddamn thing. I've never, (laughs) I've never sipped beer. Like (laughs) I got nothing on this. Have you really never sipped beer? I've never had alcohol. I've, I have had alcohol touch my lips one time. Okay. And it was because my dad had put, vodka in a water bottle and i thought it was my water bottle oh i see and i opened up the fridge and took a big old swig and was like that don't taste like water (laughs) but that's it i've literally never 
beyond that one time, like 10 years ago, never. I know a lot of people who've gone through addictions and and drug Mm -hmm. issues and whatever. And like rule number fucking one. Well, I I guess it's a two part rule here. One, if you're getting sober, don't make any crazy life decisions in that first year. Don't start dating somebody. Don't really relocate like Mm -hmm. you're anything that could put potential stress on you during that first year of sobriety. Bad idea. Rule number two, until you've got a good couple years under your belt, you cannot be anyone else's savior in their sobriety. Yeah. <laughs> and Marissa's fucking breaking both of those rules yeah. every episode of the OC. Yeah. <laughs> it's not uh, great. I, do... I mean, even like Grayson, like, I mean, I would like to think that, you know, as time goes on, we have more honest depictions about what, like, recovery looks like i mean grace and frankie plays with that a little bit they have a storyline where coyote is interested in a, in a woman but she is still like within her first year so they're just like being friends and kind of exploring a little bit but that's a way to add tension right that's a way yeah. to to make it a thing and and i think with this it's just like you know it i get nervous yeah. i get nervous sometimes that we make things like that sexy mm-hmm. um Case in point, like a movie that I like, I think it's a very enjoyable movie. It moved me emotionally, but the controversy that was surrounding the movie, I also agree with was something like five feet apart Mm. where it's like, don't make two people dying of a serious autoimmune disease. Sexy. Yeah, absolutely. Follow the doctor's rules. If you need to stay five feet apart from everybody while you recover, stay fucking five feet apart from them. Um, But then I, I have one last note. I have to give a call out to what might be the worst joke I've heard in the in the OC thus far. Okay. Do you know what joke it is? <laughs> I can't even begin. There was so much happening in this episode. <laughs> Sandy Cohen. Well, hold on a second. Jimmy Cooper and Haley mm-hmm. are playing Operation. Mm-hmm. And they're explaining that they are going to watch the Golden Girls and play all of these old board games like they used to do during the babysitting days. Mm -hmm. Then, (laughs) then Sandy Cohen drops the hammer. Mm -hmm. Haley gets up and storms out. Jimmy Cooper stands up and says, sorry. Oh. (laughs) And Kirsten says, what do you have to be sorry about? And he says, I was talking about the board game. That setup doesn't even make sense. Yeah. In the rewatch, I was like, oh, we kind of phoned it in with that joke. <laughs> like, that'd be like me in that same situation, just standing up and going, trouble? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Just perfection, like, yes, cranium. <laughs> Ooh, don't wake daddy Cohen. Yes, <laughs> ah, don't wake daddy. <laughs> mouse trap, <laughs> the mouse trap, like, right? Yeah, like it's like, what the I have never completed putting together the board for mouse trap. Like, that was half the game was setting that stupid fucking Rube Goldberg thing up. It always and then looks I just so was like, cool. this is exhausting. Yeah. It looks so cool. We're here to entertain. 
entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into One Hit Wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Pass to Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not what <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. All right, do we want to talk music, Joe? I mean, I already know what my pick is, so, but yeah, let's do I mean, we got to do it. <laughs> all right, here we go. There's a lot of them in this. So, Saturday Morning by Eels Plays. We already said that's the song Haley's listened to in the morning. Popular Mechanics for Lovers by Bula, I guess. This is a song that's playing when they're in school. We get four songs by Rooney. Uh, We've got Blue Side, which is playing when they're hanging at Oliver's. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Sorry, playing when they're listening to Rooney at the Cohen's house. Mm -hmm. And then when we see Rooney live, we get I'm Shaken as Mm -hmm. the first song and Pop Stars as the second song. But we're not done. While they're waiting to get into the Rooney concert, you hear Burn Baby Burn by Ash. When they meet up with Oliver, who helps get him in backstage, you're hearing, or sorry, when when they, Burn Baby Burn is playing when they find Oliver at the back door. Um, when Oliver helps Marissa and Ryan get closer to the stage, you're hearing Should I Know by Love, who I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, Anna and Summer sing Thank You for Being a Friend while they're <laughs> in the bathroom. I love that you put and, that in there. <laughs> and then lastly, One In by Laptop is our closing song. I'll let you go first because you have the correct answer, and then I'm going to give the wrong answer. The correct answer is Shaken. Is <laughs> I'm yes. Shaken. Like, I literally wrote, the. Cor- I am aware that the correct answer is I'm Shaken. Uh, here's the but, thing. <laughs> but, like, I do love we'll, Rooney. We'll talk about both of these. I wrote, but I'm writing down saturday morning by eels which i think is the only acceptable second option (laughs) i would agree i would agree just because of how it's used it's used very well in that opening and it's just a song that i already knew and loved whereas like i don't have an attachment to rooney but i cannot deny that that is the scene of this episode is the i'm shaken scene like 
just watching Luke fucking fall in love with his new favorite band, Rooney. And like, we've talked about this before leading up to this episode. This is like one of my absolute favorite television tropes of we need this band to break. (laughs) Let's, Mm -hmm. let's give them a spotlight on a television show. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like it's something that, it's something that I think this era of like teen soaps really got like um, the uh, the One Tree Hill really really understood it like at the yeah. end of every episode because Shazam I mean, Buffy, was not a thing like yeah, you could like, be like Buffy you had the bronze for seasons on end yeah nine zero two one zero I mean like was the kind of the beginning of all of that but with the crossovers to other music and like we and wait till we get to season two of the oc when they have like their peach pit the bait shop becomes like a music venue i figured i figured like i guess in my head when you guys would talk about the rooney episode i felt like well that has to be season two yeah just because in my head i felt like season one they probably didn't know what they had Mm -hmm. and then season two like Season two is where I'm not surprised. I'm assuming that the thing that you've referred to as the Becca is in season two. Is in season two. Because that's like when you've hit this point where like, ooh, we've we've noticed this trend that like certain songs and artists show up on this show and sell well. Yeah. How can we make sure that that's a common thread throughout the next season or so? <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> commerce joke it's all about the commerce (laughs) um but now you know the oc was a wild success at the time of its release it took over every conversation in pop culture so this is the part of the show where we talk about things that took over pop culture in the past or even in the present joe maybe maybe even in the future if we somehow got screeners (laughs) i guess uh i'm going to go first because i may have picked the most past thing I could have ever picked. Oh, okay. But it is... Is this a cross-promotion for another one of your podcasts? <laughs> Not really. This was a, oh shit, they added that to HBO Max. <laughs> I watched Nanook of the North, <laughs> the, the 1922 documentary <laughs> that I just watched out of pure... <laughs> I watched out of pure curiosity, and it is exactly what you'd anticipate. It is all kinds of races, probably. Yeah, I was just like, all right, well, I've seen it. I so so beyond the fact that like I know that it's like it's widely considered one of the first like true documentaries, like what set the bar for what a documentary Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. looks like. I also had this this goal in mind at a certain point i'll probably never complete the goal but when i sat down and binge watched all of documentary now i then wanted to see all of the documentaries that documentary now was be doing a parody of because i felt like it would accent it and they they definitely one of the first episodes was was i mean side note not tied to anything beyond for the love of god if you've never seen documentary now you mm-hmm. need to watch the first episode that is a parody of Grey Gardens. It is one of the funniest 30 minutes ever put together. <laughs> Have you seen it? I've not seen it. I've only seen the um 
uh the one that's a that's a parody on the company documentary with okay. John Mulaney yeah, the... as like their Steven Sondheim. Yeah. <laughs> um the the Grey Gardens one is Fred Armisen and Bill Hader playing uh little Edie <laughs> and Big Edie. And, the mom. and like and just like but it's great because it slowly turns into a horror movie. Like as they're <laughs> filming around Grey Gardens, like police investigators keep showing up asking about missing people in the town. It's like just keeps getting darker and more sinister as it goes along, but it's just <laughs> especially if you've seen Grey Gardens, which is like such a weird documentary to begin sure, with, sure, like yeah. they just amplify the weird to like an absurd you i'm honestly i almost feel like you and joshua could justify doing an episode of gray gardens followed by this documentary now episode. for fright school just for fright school just for the campiness of gray gardens followed by the horror twist version of it on documentary now <laughs> I, you know what? It'll probably have to be something that um, we put on the Patreon show. <laughs> probably, probably. I do love the Patreon episodes, though, even though I don't know if I'm ever going to watch this show that you guys have been reviewing. But I like listening to Joshua experience the show. You're not going to watch Heartstopper? <laughs> do you know how long my list of things to watch is? Bump right that now, shit enjoying... up, Matt. Be an ally <laughs> and bump that shit up. <laughs> I'm watching Acapulco right now on Apple Plus. That's been delightful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bump Heartstopper <laughs> up before season two comes. All right. All right. I'll do that for you, Joe, but only for you. Thank you. I appreciate What's that. What's your pop culture thing? Is it Heartstopper? No. <laughs> it is not Heartstopper. Um, okay, so I have been on a um I have been on a journey discovering like electronic dance music. Um mm-hmm specifically realizing that my particular niche into into it is like house music so you know mm-hmm. boots and cats and you know all of that stuff and i have been really enjoying the music of the duo sophie tucker okay um, they are <laughs> they are delightful it is very much like electronic housey you know very um brazil is the center of the universe kind of feel a little bit but it's just so much fun and just so delightfully gay as well (laughs) um i recommend that everybody if especially if you're a fan of uh season two of the white lotus go to their instagram go to like one of their posts uh their pin uh posts on their grid where they basically remix one of their songs with the theme song for season two of white lotus and that was kind of my entry okay. into them. And then I ended up just like falling down a rabbit hole. And I'm like, okay, add, add, add to playlist, add to playlist. My So I'm not quite an electronica person, mm-hmm. but I feel like I could get into it. Sure. Um, I've been, I would say the last 10 years. Okay. I've really had a reevaluation of a genre of music that I absolutely hated as a child. Okay. Because I was... I was Mr. Grunge and punk music and sure. anything that wasn't grunge and punk was bad. Um, just rediscovering the last 10 years, my love of like 90s Euro pop is just like, like the real McCoy, LaBouche, like the, oh my God, <laughs> the like real McCoy. Classic. Like 
I literally the last three years, another night has been in my top 10 Spotify wrapped. It, it is. It is a song I listen to so much. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I even know the dudes verses in the song. Like, I know I know the- <laughs> that is so gay. I love it. Um, I talk, talk, I talk to you. Wow. In my night, in my dreams, I'm in love with you. Cause you talk to me like lovers do. <laughs> this is the stuff that Kyle and I constantly want to have on at the horror movie night booth. And Scott's like, no. <laughs> like- well, yeah, th- there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> Look, the only time. Joe, the only time anyone has ever stopped at our table Mm -hmm. to ask me about the song that was playing was, I shit you not, Kesha featuring Big Frida. Like, someone, like, stopped and was like, is this the new Kesha album? I was like, yeah, it is. And we had a long conversation about how great her last couple albums. Oh, my God. Kesha featuring Big... Oh, God. That makes me... I do love I do love me it's a big Frida. <laughs> All right, I think we've officially gone fully off the rails on the OC. But yes, go check that out. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's so good. obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 